Just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. After the Proud Boys' far-right extremist group showed up to protest a besties all-ages drag show at the local business Tizanti, the event took a hiatus. This month, though, besties made a comeback at a different venue, this time with armed guards and a security plan. So here's my question for the show's creator and star, Tara Lipsinki. What's at stake here? It's Tuesday, March 21st. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Tara Lipsinki. Your name is a pretty niche reference to the Olympic figure skater Tara Lipinski, I'm assuming. Yes, it is. How did you end up with this name? It's a callback to when I was a professional figure skater. So I started skating when I was about five. After I was done touring with Disney on Ice and everything, I was like, I want to do drag. And what's the most faggotiest drag name I can think of that refers to skating? And it was Tara Lipsinki. So it's so good. How often do people not get it? A lot of people don't like completely get why I have it at first. They get who it is and they're like, what the fuck? I don't get the joke. And then I do this whole spiel usually of like the dirty things I did while I was on Disney, which I am (laughs) outside of my NDA. So I can't talk about it. Um, But like, and then when they get like, Oh, I understand. And so it just takes them a second, but people are smarter than you give it credit for sometimes. Come on. (laughs) Well, okay. Let's get into our city because I think people who are new to Utah would be surprised to know that we have a pretty damn vibrant drag community here. I think some of our bars book some of the best queens. Oh, absolutely. Salt Lake City has been named one of the queerest cities in the country. I particularly love this acknowledgement in the Boston Globe that describes us as super gay, super cool. (laughs) Um, What made you want to perform here? Um, so I have been involved in nightlife for over over a decade now. When I started here in Salt Lake, I sold underwear and sex toys in the, in the bars, sold them at Club Triangles and Club Jam when it was open. Mm -hmm. And so I moved to San Francisco and I started doing my drag there. And then when I came home because of family and the pandemic, I was like, oh, I want to bring a lot of the diversity that you see in San Francisco. I wanted to bring here because... Really, until about a couple of years ago, you didn't see anything besides the pageant queens here. It was a very polished, very yeah. pretty gowns, the park and bark, lip syncs, things like that. And now you're seeing this really cool hmm. alt scene that's coming up and a huge drag king scene that is now here. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to be part of it, just because I wanted to be part of this like renaissance here of like change. Did you grow up in Utah? I did. I am born and raised here in um, Salt Lake County. I originally was from Kearns, but then... Kearns! Yes. And then (laughs) I am currently actually living in my childhood home here in Riverton. After my mother passed, I acquired the home and I still have the same roots. I've born and raised. I was born and raised Mormon. My mom worked for the LDS Church for 45 years until her passing. Mm. So no, Utah has a very strong and permanent 
place in my heart. There's a reason I'm back and a reason I'm starting a family here. And I got married and set down roots here in Utah because there really is no place like it. Even how fucked up it is, there's still no place quite like Salt Lake County. Yeah. And I'm very grateful to be here for it. Where in that sort of evolution does your drag fall? Like where is, as a performer, would you place yourself? I'm definitely a outspoken MC style, but I do have the gowns and I do have the pretty outfits. I like my aesthetic kind of to be more relatable. So I go for like the slutty bishop's wife. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like that's kind of my aesthetic. Like I do like the suit, like the pencil skirt with the blazer and stuff like that. I'm following this like evolution from Disney on ice, probably the most family friendly, mm-hmm. like flag in the soil performance on earth to performing drag that is like vulgar, sexy. I hear you describing it as being kind of slutty to now hosting Besties, the all-ages drag show at Tizanti. Yeah. Why get back into the family-friendly circuit? <sighs> What's the value? It's it, it really is the evolution. Like, um, I started with Disney, and I it was, like, on the outside, it was very family-friendly. Everything, of course, you had a whole different world backstage. It's a touring circus, like. Yeah, of course. And then it's kind of like when someone leaves the LDS religion. It's how I've kind of had to explain to people you go to the complete other opposite end. Mm. Like where I was so filtered and so PR trained and so proper that of course, when I got to create my own character and I was able to do my own shows, I of course swung all the way to the other end. Yeah. And then just like life, like you find where the pendulum lies, like when it naturally slows down. And I do gravitate more, not towards naturally all ages content, but meaningful content. Hmm. I want people to leave my shows having invoked an emotion. And right now that emotion is definitely more activist driven and hope that we can get through this shit storm that we're in. Yeah. But just that's where I like to consider myself that I've ended up where I'm supposed to be, which is I'm an activist first and a drag artist second. Yeah. So it, it, it's been a wild ride getting here, but yeah, we're we're here in the family-friendly spaces now. <laughs> well, when we think about people who have see themselves as activists first, I'm always interested in the question of like, do you feel like at the end of the day that's a choice you made or do you feel like that's a position that you kind of were forced into? I have always made the choice to put um, people over a dollar and community over profit. With all of my shows, that was always my goal. Um, When I came back to Utah, I was part of a collective and we were a very strong collective of POC and trans individuals that were hosting a show, putting people in shows and on flyers that hadn't been. And that was always the MO was to make a change. And I've kept that through the dismemberment of that group and everything is that still this idea that it's your responsibility as a drag artist to be an advocate and to be a leader in our community. Mm -hmm. Do I feel like I have been forced into being the mouthpiece of this all ages content, especially here in Utah? Absolutely. It should not have fallen on solely me. I should not have been one of the only ones producing all ages content in the state of Utah. There was one other producer and show in Ogden for a long time that was closed before besties was um, shut down for a month when we had to leave Tizanti because of the, um, instant January 20th. And now we're at sugar space and we're looking for a more permanent location. But yeah, I don't think I, I, I never wanted to set out to be this figurehead of all ages drag content. 
So yeah, yeah, you get assigned to it, but it's also grateful to be assigned to someone who, like myself, has Disney PR training. Yeah, who has the resources and the skill set to have these hard interviews and discussions, but also have fun at the end of the day and make sure that the kids who you're actually doing this for are living and thriving and having a good time. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you wanna learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. You mentioned this, the January 20th incident at the Tizanti just show when the show generally, even since then, it's brought unwanted attention from far right wing yeah. militias like the Proud Boys. They are a uh-huh. they have, in fact, been declared a terrorist organization in Canada and New Zealand. Did you see this coming? Unfortunately, yes, I had hoped that it wouldn't ever get physical. Um, the first time that the Proud Boys and everyone threatened us was a lot of online hate in August and September. Hmm. Um, we were featured on Libs of TikTok. Um, I was famously groomer of the day on Trump's lovely social media website. Hmm. Um, so it was, it, we've gotten online hate and the venue, especially Tizanti, took the brunt of it which was really, really hard to watch an ally absolutely get smeared through the mud. Um, But no, when they actually showed up, it didn't hit hard until after the show, honestly. When I was talking to a reporter who broke the story and the owner of Tizanti, like after the adrenaline wore off, I was like, no, they had guns. Yeah. They, they were kids. 
and they had an AK-47 and a hand rifle ready to go. For what? For what reason? Like, mm-hmm. it, it showed, like, that there is such an ugly underbelly that is now front and center in America. And I hoped it wouldn't ever come to that, but it did. Yeah. And that's why when I did my show last weekend, we had armed queers of Salt Lake. And we had our own guns on full display because that's the world we live in. Yeah. Why do you do it for the kids? Because no one was there to do it for me. Um, I've honestly Mm. had the hardest time the last couple of months reconciling that because after January 20th, I did dive deep into my therapist. I'm like, why the fuck am I here? Why am I doing this? What is happening? And it really boils down to, I have always had a good support system, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of not been the rock support system that I wanted. Like I knew that the tether was there. If worse comes to worse, I could pull on it and I could get back home. But there was never that loving feeling there. And I want to make sure that this generation knows that even if your biological family doesn't have the strongest relationship with you, someone does and someone cares. And you can always, always, always count on someone to help you. And so that's why I'm so passionate about the kids. But also that 18 to 22-year-old crowd that I do a lot of events for. Yeah. Because they're forgotten about. They like A lot of queer culture doesn't give a shit about you until you're 21 and can pay the bar owner money. Right. They don't care about you. And that's what needs to change in Utah. Yeah, I hear that a lot, that something that this city is missing is all ages queer spaces or like non-drinking based queer spaces in particular. 100%. It's been an uphill battle. I have done 18 plus events now for over two years, done this all ages show for now almost a year and a half. And it's Frankly, it's really disheartening that it took getting Proud Boys to show up with guns for it to get the attention that it needed and the battle cry in this community to create these safe spaces for these people. Yeah. For people who have only been to a drag show at, you know, Milk or Triangles or Waikiki, how is an all-ages show different? Like, what are the elements that make it feel different? So at my show in particular, there is no swearing. Like, and... I do these interviews and I do get really passionate. So like I do cuss normally. That is my (laughs) MO, but no, there's no swearing. And the numbers are PG. There's no reveals. There's no like sexual innuendos. There is like, I make sure to go above and beyond to make it so family friendly that it's a whole new type of experience. Mm -hmm. Now, there is definitely a place in the community for the eight, for the 21 plus shows. Yeah. Especially like Waikiki. Waikiki is like a drag bar. I don't care what anyone else really thinks it is. It is a drag bar. They have shows all the time. They are known for their drag artists. Yeah. There is a place in our community for them. And that, and they really do help the mainstream image of drag. There just also needs to be a focus on, hey, there's these events outside of the bar. Yeah. Those need resources too. Yeah. And those need to be acknowledged. I'm curious, like, what kind of response you've gotten from parents or families that were excited to come to the show, and now the vibe has shifted, like, even with having armed queers there on site. Mm -hmm. What are those conversations like with the families about safety and wellness? Honestly, and I was fully expecting when I would have to answer these questions, because I knew these questions were coming. Yeah. Like, hey, what is this? I was expecting them to say the, hey, we're all going through this together. We know it's temporary. Every parent that talked to me the day after the show and has reached out online was beyond grateful that I had armed security there, that we had an exit strategy. I did a whole safety thing before the show started. I said, hey, we're not going to 
not address the elephant in the room. If there is anything that happens, here are your exits. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to run to this direction. We have security in here, outside. We have medics on site that have the gun packs in case something does happen. We've done everything we can. All we can do right now is live our lives authentically and be happy. And Mm -hmm. I have not received any slack from this decision. And it just kind of sets into motion that that will be the new norm for a little bit, that I will always have a level of armed security and medics on site for my shows hmm. because yeah, the 21 plus shows aren't the ones under the, under attack. Yeah. So that they don't need it. They have their bouncers already for their liquor license. So I'm going to have to provide my own security and this is what we're going to do. Well, this legislative session, which thank God is over um, lawmakers, they wrote a bill. They tried to pass it. That would require a written warning to municipalities about events with quote yep. adult themes, which is, Very vague. Uh But based on what we've seen trending nationally, a lot of people read that bill and said, this is an effort to ban drag shows. Yes. Or to move drag shows underground. So I want to know, like, looking ahead, do you think this foreshadows drag and Salt Lake moving underground? Or does it stay out? Stay out and proud? I I think it's going to stay out, at least for the time being. Um, The one thing that a lot of people don't, outside of Utah, realize about Utah is that Salt Lake City and Salt Lake County is actually very progressive. Yeah. And especially when you protect the art of entertainment. Hmm. Entertainment is massive here in terms of health theater, dance companies, school plays, community theaters, everything like that. As soon as you attack the freedom of speech and the freedom of expression, the community here is smart enough to realize that if they attack that, it's going to be very easy for people to say, well, guess what? I don't like the Manti pageant. I don't like these pioneer shows going on in parks. I demand that they go into the same type of thing that I have to do. And that's just going to create red tape and problems for them. So they're not going to do it. Right. You have a lot of people trying to make sure that allies, especially that are new to drag and supporting drag in a political sense, these bands aren't about drag shows. It has never been about drag shows the same way it was never about drinking fountains in the 60s and 50s. Mm. It's about eradicating trans people. Yeah. Like It is now in the open dialogue that, nope, this is just us wanting to make sure trans people can exist and live fruitful lives. That's what these are. These aren't about drag shows. And so I think when people start dissecting it, they see the problem with it and how fast this can go against them. So I think that there's going to be a lot of pushback, especially here in Utah, like, we don't want those rights thrown on us. Like, we don't want to lose our rights. So they're not going to go for it. Hopefully, fingers crossed, I might be super naive. Right. Who knows? Well, I mean, the thing about it is, in its most basic form, is like, man, go to Sandy City High School and tell me that when they put on their annual production of you know, the music man, that there aren't kids in drag. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's the... They don't have a definition for drag because drag doesn't Mm. have a natural definition. Mm. Drag has been around since Mesopotamia. It's been around a while. It's, okay, you're showing a different gender. Okay, how do you do that? What about Comic-Con at that point? Is Comic-Con drag? Is Halloween drag? Like, is, heaven forbid, Beauty and the Beast, you have a human dressing up as an animal. Is that drag? You have, like, these characters dressing up as inanimate objects. Is that drag? Because we can start nitpicking this if you really want, mm. and you're going to find very, very quickly that it's not going to go your way. Tara Lipsinki, activist first and drag queen. Yes. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me today. 
Every year, the human rights campaign ranks U.S. cities according to their Municipal Equality Index. Reflecting on 2022, Salt Lake City received a perfect score. It's the second year in a row we've been granted an A+. The rubric is non-discrimination laws, law enforcement and policing, the municipality as an employer, leadership on LGBTQ equality, and municipal services. So I have to ask you, how do you feel about that? Is this feeling like an A-plus safe space to be queer, trans, or a drag performer? Give us a call at 801-203-0137 or send an email over to saltlake at citycast.fm with your thoughts. And I linked the scorecard in the show notes, by the way, if you want to give it a browse. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye.